months. Isaiah 43, we're going to read 18 and 19. Anybody ready for God's word? Y'all ready for this? I'm ready. I am ready. By the way, we're not reading verse 20, but it talks about how God is going to bring water to the desert and the jackals and the owls are going to thank God. We're not going to read it, but it's in verse 20. And so I'm wearing a shirt with an owl and someone left the church because I wore this shirt because they were like, owls are demonic. And I was like, you need to, you need to download Disney plus and chill. (sighs) So if owls get over it, y'all, but they left, so they're not here. So I don't know why I'm talking to them. But I just read it in the Bible. It's like, oh, God's giving water to the owls. I guess he's not too freaked out with owls. <laughs> he made them. Never seen an owl when they, when they show the legs of an owl, by the way? Y'all seen that Facebook picture going around? They got these little chicken legs. They go, uh, okay. Forget the former things and forget my conversation about owls. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now, everyone say now. Now Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And just to prove it to you, verse 20, the wild animals in the fields will thank me, the jackals and the owls too. It's in the Bible. Lord, bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be seated, please. Amen. Uh, God said to forget the former things. Uh, Not easy to do, huh? But if God said it, that means it's possible. But when God says something, it doesn't mean it's easy. It just means it's possible. And so there's a lot of things that we read in Scripture that we go, man, God, I don't know how I can do that. And I think kind of God does it that way because then it makes us go back to God and ask for help. So it's almost like he asks us to do things that in our own strength we cannot do, uh, simply to get us back to him, to ask for help, to do the thing we could not do without him. He said, forget the former things. This is an amazing word, because it doesn't mean forget like you just block it out of your mind. You know, we can't pray for you today and lay hands on your head and anoint with oil, and all of a sudden you, you know, have amnesia. This word forget literally means to stop talking about. And I just wonder tonight if there's anyone that maybe there's just a few things in life that you should probably just stop talking about it. Like, it doesn't mean it's not a part of your story, but maybe it doesn't need to be the theme of your story. Yeah. Just because it was a chapter of your life doesn't mean it needs to be in every other chapter after that chapter. If, you know, you're talking about basketball or Jesus or politics or real estate and somehow your past always comes up. Maybe it's time to bring that to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I, I think I need help because this seems to just always come up. I'm talking about food. I'm talking about a new restaurant. All of a sudden my past comes up. Maybe it's time that I need to forget some things because it seems like maybe I'm in bondage to this. That word, that word forget also means to stop protecting. That word, that, that word literally means when God says forget it, he's saying don't protect it. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't, don't tell yourself, because how many know we can protect? You can honor your past 
without having to make it the central theme of your life. And sometimes I think we, honor, we, we, we protect and we tell ourselves it was better than it was because it kind of seems like that one source of pride that we have, it's that one thing we can gloat about. And God says, if you're ever gonna see the new thing, you're gonna have to forget the former things. Now, the one tool and the one weapon that the enemy has against you is your past. What he's gonna do against you, he's gonna do against you with your own story. <sighs> because you have memories and you have emotions and you have feelings tied to the past. And because the devil doesn't know your future, he can't talk about your future. So what he does is if your past was good, he tells you, ooh, that was good. You know he doesn't know your future, right? It's good news. So if he ever tells you about your future, he's lying. <laughs> I'm going to expose him. Thank you very much. I feel an, I feel an expose happening right now. So, 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 so when he talks to you, he talks to you about your past. And if, and if it was good, he says, that's the best it will ever be. It'll never get better. If it was bad, he'll say, that's where you're going to be forever. But either way, he uses your past against you. I heard an old preacher say, the devil's a flesh devil and God's a faith God. So the devil's always going always gonna to be able to talk to you on a flesh. That's why like you could, you could literally smell something and it takes you back. He works against you with your own senses. You hear a song and it makes you feel funky. Yeah. You smell something, you, you remember something, you hear something, you, you, see some, you see an image and it takes you back. And so, so what the enemy's trying to do, here's what he's trying, he's trying to keep you stuck. So like, it's 2019. I don't know if you know that. It's 2019. Let me tell you why I had to tell you that. Because some of you are not in 2019. Oh, your body's here, but your mind is in 07, your mind is in 98, your mind is in 2012, your mind is in 83, your mind, your mind is, is, in, is, in a, is in a mountaintop or a valley low. I can learn from my past, I can honor my past, but I refuse to be imprisoned by my past. Uh -huh. God says you're going to have to forget that you're going to have to stop. Literally, you're going to have to guard your mouth from talking about it. Because every time you talk about it, you give it authority. Forget the former thing so that you can embrace the new thing. And I believe God has some new things. Can I just remind you, he's the God of new life. He's the God of new creation. He's the God of a new covenant. He's the God of new tongues. He's the God of a new song. He's the God of the new heavens and the new earth. He's the God of the new. He's the God of new creation. So he's the God of new mercies. So God wants to do a new thing in your life, but you're gonna have to forget some things to embrace the new. And I wanna help you embrace the new today. So I'm gonna give you three things real quick. Number one, look for the new thing in the same thing. Look for the new thing in the same thing. Because when we talk about new thing, we, we literally are, are trying to, convince ourselves God wants to give us new things. Because <laughs> that's kind of what we really want. God bless me, I'm trying to get a new car, Jesus. It's like, okay, cool, but you'll, you'll actually miss out on the power of the transformation. 
So we talk about a new year. Oh, 2020, Lord. It's going to be, oh, 2020. That's my year. 2020 vision. I already got it all worked out. 2020. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. But there's still, there's still two months to 2019. <laughs> so why don't we look for God to do a new thing in this year? Why don't we believe that God can do more in the next two months than he did in the first 10 months? Why don't we believe for new miracles? Why don't we believe for more answered prayers? Why don't we believe for more breakthrough? Why don't we believe you're going to lose more weight in the next two months than you gained in the first 10? Hey, I'm talking about, I've got, <laughs> I've got more faith in God than I do in a month of the year. Some of you think you need a new town. I got to get out of Vegas, 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 Vegas. I hate Vegas, Vegas. I got to get back to Cali, Cali. Ugh. And then you move to Cali and then you get the taxes and then you go, I kind of miss Vegas. It was so. What's with people? They act surprised every summer it gets hot and they're like, oh my God, it's so hot. It's like, yeah, it happens every June. It just, it's amazing. It's a miracle. Every June it gets hot. It's what happens. And we act surprised by it. And so we think we need a new place. Well, maybe God wants to do a new thing. All the single people in here, I need to get married. Maybe, maybe. All you married people are like, I need a, well, never mind. I'm going to keep moving, but. <laughs> I was <hope, laughs> bold. I, I hope. How about, how about this? How about a new thing in the old thing? How about you let God do a new work in your heart in the same place? So let me show it to you in the Bible, Joshua 3, 4. Joshua's going into the promised land. Now, he had been there before. 40 years earlier, they had spied out the land. He's going back to the same place. But look what God says. But you've never been this way before. Do you see that online too? Since you've never been this way before. Uh, you've been, but never this way. Joshua, I'm taking you back to the same place, but a different way. The first time you went as a spy, now you're going back as a conqueror. You've, you've, you've never approached this place this way. You're going back to the same place. I'm not giving you a different place, but I'm giving you a different approach to the same place. I'm giving you a new route to the same place. You got to catch this. You got to catch this because a lot of us want new places. But if you have the same attitude, the new place will become the old crusty place in a minute. So God says, I'm, I'm taking you away you've never been before. And though you want a new environment, though you want a new location, though you want a new job, though you want a new year, though you want a new friend, though you want a new spouse, though you want a new whatever, God's going, I'm not necessarily promising you new things. I'm promising you a new thing, but it's going to take you seeing it differently. It's going to take a different route. It's going to take a different path. You're, gonna, you're actually going to go back to the same place, but you're going to be different. Yeah. I believe God wants to do a new thing in the same thing. Same thing, new approach. I need a new house. Why don't you clean your house? 
you know, like that stain that you see every morning when you wake up, that, that stain when you walk into the house and it's just right there, that big old, why don't you clean it? Why don't you bring a carpet cleaner out for a hundred dollars instead of buying a $400,000 house? Why don't you just clean the house you got? Why don't you paint the walls? Why don't you open up the windows? Why don't you get some sunlight in? A lot of y'all want a new, th- I need a new car. Why don't you wash your old car? You wash your car, you're like, this ain't that bad, all right. It's a 97, but it's still got some swag. I still. Same thing, new approach, new strategy, new attitude. Same job, new work ethic. I hate my boss. My boss hates me. Oh, I need favor with my boss. No, you don't. You just need a new work ethic. Your boss doesn't hate anyone who shows up early and stays late. I promise you. Your boss doesn't hate anyone that looks sharp when they walk in. Now, if you roll in and last night's close, if you, if you roll in and, and you got pillow creases in your face, yeah, your boss isn't going to love you. But you walk in sharp, you walk in with a, with a great attitude, you're going to walk in the next week into church like, God's giving me favor. No, he didn't. You did. You gave yourself favor. All right, that one went over like terrible. I need, I, need, I need a new city. No, 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 you need a new attitude about this city. You gotta love this sunshine. Oh my God, I love this sunshine. Don't complain about the wind. Be grateful for the sunshine. Don't complain about the dust. Thank God for the sunshine. Don't complain about the dust. Buy a Swiffer. Buy a little air purifier for your house. Don't, 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 don't get stuck on something. Because it'll really mess you up. And it, and it will get you ungrateful for something you were supposed to be grateful for. But if you can get a new approach, last week's curse is this week's blessing. Last week's challenge is this week's miracle. The thing you complained about last work week, this work week, you're like, thank God I got a job. Thank God I got some money. Thank God I have an employer. Thank God, thank God I'm moving forward. Like, I know it's hard to hear all you young people in here mad at me. But it's true. Maybe you don't need a new spouse. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe you need a new attitude and a new approach. And I say maybe, but I mean maybe. I mean, I'm dead serious. But you be grateful for who you have. Yeah. Love on them, encourage them, serve them. A lot of us are praying for new things, but God wants to do a new thing. And I got to find the new thing in the old thing. Wow. So God is going to do a new thing, but it's going to be a way I've never went before. And it's going to take faith because it's going to be counterintuitive to a frustrated, complaining heart. It's gonna take praise and gratitude to get to this new place. So the last time you went into the promised land, you went in hiding, but now you're gonna go in as a conqueror. New direction, new route, new decisions, new dreams, new goals. It's gonna be new, but it, but it, but it starts with you. It starts right here. I'm looking for the new thing in the old thing. What, what is something that you've complained about all week this week that this week you can thank God for? 
Wow. I had to walk up these steps to get to my apartment. Why don't you thank God you have one? I felt a prophetic spirit right here. I don't know who's up here right here. Start thanking God for it. Or maybe not even thanking God for it, just thanking God in it. And all of a sudden, it's not as bad as it was. All right, number two. Look for the new thing, not the old thing again. Look for the new thing, not the old thing again. Not an old thing repeated, but a brand new thing. Let me tell you why we miss it. See, God says, can you perceive this? Can you see this new thing I'm doing? And the answer is no, we can't. Here's why. Because we are actually looking. We are looking for an old thing to come back into our life. And God's going, but I'm not doing the old thing again. I'm actually doing a brand new thing. And you will step over your new thing looking for the old thing. But God's not doing the old thing. God's not bringing that old thing back. God's not asking you to repeat the old thing. He's doing a new thing in your life, but you're gonna have to see it and perceive it because it's gonna be different this time than it was last time. And so, so we're looking for an old thing to come back into our life when in reality, what we need to do is perceive and see the new thing God is doing. See, what, what we're really praying for when we say God's doing a new thing in our mind, we're praying for a second chance. But I've discovered that God isn't as much a God of second chances. God is really into new beginnings. Because let me tell you what the second chance mentality does. It breeds condemnation and shame and it destroys our hope. Because we're living in the regret of what didn't happen and we're hoping we get another shot at it. And the reality is you probably just won't get another shot at it. Can I just be real with you? Man, man, what, what could have been if I wouldn't have done that? See, and we end up living in what could have been or should have been or might have been. Man, if I wouldn't have got that DUI, but you did, but you did. So now, so now what can we do now? What can we learn and how can we move forward? And what's the new thing God can do now that it happened? Because it's not leaving your record. So, so let's grow. Okay. Man, if I wouldn't have got fired, but you did. Man, if I wouldn't have quit, oh, I should have. But you did quit. Man, if I wouldn't have filed bankruptcy. Man, if I would have filed bankruptcy. I don't know what it is. And we're, we're kind of hoping for a second chance at that. And I think because of that, we end up missing things. Man, if I wouldn't have said that to my spouse. Man, if I wouldn't have done that in my marriage. Man, if I wouldn't have made that. But you did make that mistake. So now the question is, okay, Holy Spirit, what's the new thing you want to do in me now? Because I can't get that back, but what's the new thing you do want to do? This is more important. Don't live in what could have been. Live in what God can do right now. He is not the God of second chances. He is the God of new beginnings. Not, a, not another chance to do an old thing, but a new day to believe God for a new thing. God, what can you do? Holy Spirit, what are you doing now? 
I don't, I don't live in the regret. You know, I, I preach a lot on the road and I travel and I do these conferences and a lot of times they want to do like a Q&A or a podcast with me or whatever. And, and always, always, one of the questions that comes up is like, man, if you could talk to your, to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? Or, or if you could do it over again, what would you do? And I always go, oh, no, 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 no. Time out, time out, time out. I don't go there. Oh, heavens no. I don't go there. <laughs> because I'll be depressed and I, what, what would I do if I could do it over again? A lot, but I can't. So I don't even let my mind or heart go there. I'd have lost weight when I was 20 and had a metabolism. <laughs> Instead of I'm 36 doing Orange Theory, taking turmeric and kale shakes and Cairo, uh, Cryo, cryotherapy and oh I'd have just lost it then I can't go back I'd about 10 houses at the bottom of the recession come on somebody but I can't so don't go there what would I have done different a lot so don't even let your heart go there don't, don't live in that's where the enemy wants you the enemy wants you living in a space that you cannot change will only address what can be changed. God will never go, man, you really messed up. You know what you should have done? He'll never do that. He'll only talk to you about today, not yesterday. Thank God. So I'm looking for the new thing. I'm embracing today's possibilities. His mercies are new every morning. I'm looking for the new mercy today. Not, not the old thing again, but the new thing. Not the second chance, but the new beginning. I have a friend who was playing Division I football. He was a, a running back, and he was absolutely going to go pro. Every projection said he was going to go pro. And that's what he was planning on. And he ended up having a, a really bad injury, blew out a knee, and just never recovered. And the next year never recovered. The next year never recovered. And he went from being the starter to being on the bench. And other you know, running backs came. And he never went pro. And man, why, Javen, why didn't he get better? Why didn't God heal him? Or why didn't, why didn't he get healed? Or why, why didn't his knee recover? Why, I don't know, all those whys. And I, I don't live in the whys because that will take me down a, a, a dark place that uh, that's me trying to answer questions that I don't think God answers. And I'm not trying to answer anything God didn't answer. So bottom line, he got injured and he had to make a decision. Because a lot of guys in that situation, they end up getting really hurt, really bitter, really angry, really full of, of, of hatred. And he said, you know what? I, w- I just had to make the decision. I wasn't going to be the guy on Sunday afternoons on the couch watching NFL, screaming at the TV saying it should have been me. That could have been me. Why did I get hurt? Why didn't I get better? Where, where, was, where, where was God in this? Where, and he just, he had to make the decision. Okay, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not getting a second chance. My, my knee's not gonna recover. Okay, Holy Spirit, what is my new beginning? Yeah. I'm not saying this is easy. I'm just saying there, there, there is an opportunity for new birth. He ended up becoming a football coach. And he's now coaching college football. 
and he's helping raise up young men and he's teaching men how to handle the success of being at the top and he's teaching young men how to handle the pain of injuries and being in the valley. He's teaching young men how to live with character and integrity. He's teaching young men how to deal with scouts and how to, how to handle the pressures of going into the NFL and college and all the temptations and everything that goes with it. And now he's raising up the next generation. And it, it's not a second chance. His knee didn't just somehow get better and he, and he got another opportunity. Now he's playing professional football. He, he never got to be a Super Bowl champ. He never got to be an MVP. But, but he did get a new beginning. And he is leaving a legacy and he does have purpose and he does love his life and he does thank God for the opportunity he does have. He ended up using his, maybe he didn't, wasn't able to use his body, but he's using his mind and his heart to help a lot of guys. And he's now walking in a new beginning and he goes, I have so much purpose. I always thought I would be a coach. I thought I would do 10 years of pro football first and then be a coach, but this is what ended up happening. Was it God? Was it the devil? Was it this? Was it, I don't know. But God did give me a new beginning in the middle of it all. Can I just tell you, you can have a new beginning in the middle of it. And, and so I'm not gonna live in the pain of what could have been or should have been or might have been. I'm gonna live in the promise that God is doing a new thing, giving me a new beginning, releasing a new dream and a new vision. Come on. Oh, come on, say amen, everybody. I'm looking for the new thing, not the old thing again. And that's what you gotta do. You gotta look for the new thing. Number three, declare God is doing a new thing. Declare it. Uh, some of you may know this, some of you may not yet, and, but kind of what makes us a little unique around here, we're a little crazy. Have you noticed that? We're a little loud, huh? <laughs> we had this really sweet family come last week because they missed their church in the morning and they were like, yeah, we just needed a church to come to tonight. And they walked in. And I was like, oh, it's going to be great. That was last week. And then I just watched them during worship, and they were like, oh, my God. They were freaking out. I was like. And they were like we're a little wild, right? We're a little crazy. We're a little loud. What, what really distinguishes us, though, is not our volume or, or our music or, or all that, though. We're really proud of all of it. And we love it. And we love passion. And we're always going to err on the side of passion, not on the side of being cold and formal and dignified. We're always going to err on the side of hype. Hopefully it's heavenly hype, but we're always going to err on the side of hype. Amen. Uh, but what really, what really kind of makes us unique around here is not only do we believe in, God, in the authority of God's word and the power of God's word, most people do, but we really believe in the power of speaking God's word. And that really sets us, really kind of makes us unique and actually makes a lot of people nervous because we talk a lot about the power of speaking and the power of our words and the power of our mindset and the power of positivity and the power of declaring God's promise and the power of, of seeing our words come to pass. And this can make people uncomfortable. Like, well, are you guys like, like those extreme kind of people who, you know, are you like those faith people? Yeah, like we're, yeah, kind of. <laughs> But let, but let me tell you what we're not. Let me tell you what we're not, and then I'll tell you what we are. We're, we're not a, a group of people that just believes we can just say it and it happens, right? 
I can't go to bed tonight and say, in the name of Jesus, in the morning, there's going to be a red 2020 Corvette in my front, in Jesus' name. And then I wake up and it's there. It's not going to be there. We don't believe that we have the power to speak things into existence. We don't believe that. Romans 4 says that our God can call those things that are not as though they were. God can do that. It didn't say we can, it said God can. But we are God's children. And we do believe that in the same way that he formed the world with his words, we are forming our world with our words. We do believe this. But we don't just believe, man, we could just say it and it just happens, right? I can, in Jesus' name, six pack. There's a Spanx under there, but not a six pack. <laughs> Y'all know about the Spanx ministry? Y'all know about these? Okay. But, but no six pack. Uh, so I can, yeah, so I can, I can, I can, I can try, but it doesn't. But, but what I can do is I can speak God's word and God's word becomes my true north. It becomes my compass. It becomes my, uh, what, what, um, what Hebrews 9 says is the anchor of my soul, hope. It becomes the anchor and it leads me and it guides me. And this becomes, this becomes everything. And over time, as I speak God's word, declare God's word, stand on God's promise over time, not in a day, over time. Over time, my life begins to come into alignment with God's word. So I speak health and I speak healing and I speak prosperity and I speak holiness and I speak that I'm the image of, of, of Jesus and I speak that God is transforming me and I speak that my mind is being renewed and I, and I speak that I'm prosper. I say, I speak God's promise and over time, now, and, and I say over time, but honestly, you start declaring God's word in a year, you're not going to look like the same person. Five years, you ain't going to look like the same person. Ten years, you're going to look at a picture of yourself and go, that looks like me, but that's not me. God's word has changed my life. Anybody believe this? Y'all know this to be true? I really believe this. And, and you say it and you go, Jabin, Jabin, why are you saying all this? Because when God says, Isaiah 43, can you perceive it? That word perceive is a Hebrew word called yada, and it actually means to declare or decree it. So, so think of it this way. God says, I'm doing a new thing in your life. Can you say it? God says, I'm saying it. Can you say it too? I'm saying it from heaven. Can you say it from earth? Can I find anyone on earth to agree with what I've already declared in heaven. I wanna do a new thing in your life. I'm doing a new thing in your life, but it's voice activated. And the moment you say what I say, things begin to change. So God says, I'm doing a new thing in your life. Can you say it? Can you declare it? Can you decree it? Because if you can decree it and declare it and stand on it and believe it, you'll see it. Job 22, 28, thou shalt also decree a thing and it shall be established. Just catch this, what I decree is established. Okay, just follow the verse. What I decree is what will be established unto thee and light shall shine upon thy ways. Light represents direction. It represents revelation. It represents illumination. Uh, Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
here's what, here's what God's saying. That what you'll decree is what will be established and then what's established is what you'll begin to see. So if all you do is decree complaints, you're gonna have a lot to complain about. It's just gonna, it's just like every, you're gonna find something wrong with everything. There's always gonna be a problem. Just does, it could be, it could be a perfect day, but you will find something imperfect about it. It will be an awesome, it'll be an awesome moment, but you'll find an issue. Because of, that's what you're decreeing, that's what you're declaring, that's what is being established. So if you talk about how Vegas is terrible and Vegas is fake and people in Vegas are awful and people are fake and fake, all you're gonna do is attract fake. That's gonna be the light. Can I tell you, this city loves me. No, no, I didn't mean it like that, but I mean, you know, if you love me, cool. But no, but like it loves me because I love it. And I walk around going, I love Vegas. Man, this is a creative place. This is a light in the desert. Man, man, I, this city's growing. This city's prospering. This city's amazing. People are coming from, I love the people of Vegas. I love how multicultural it is. I love all the different people. I love Chinatown. I love all the, I love everything. I, I, I love, I love this city. I love this city. And I speak well of this city. You know, that's what, that's what the Bible said in, in um, Jeremiah 29. It said, seek the prosperity of the city and it will prosper. And you will prosper. So I love my city. I talk about how much I love my city. And because of that, I don't have a lot to complain about. But you start complaining about this city and you'll find, you'll hit one red light. Oh, there's so much traffic. Oh, so much new traffic in this city. No, we have great freeways. Trust me. Go to a, go to a big city and find out. Real, you'll find out real quick. Well, you just find things to complain about. Because what you decree is what's established, and that's what gives light. But you start talking positive, you start talking great. Man, I'm just grateful for everything. Man, God's just so good. Man, life is so amazing. Man, God's doing a great work in my life. And then all of a sudden, that's all you can see. Even in challenge, you're like, oh man, this is great. God's working on me. God's, God's building me up. Oh, I'm in a little bit of a trial, but I'm grateful anyway. Ooh, God's, God's making a way. Oh, I can't wait to see how God's going to get me out of this. Oh, I can't wait to see the miracle on the other side. You just start seeing. Am I helping anybody? Okay, so there is power in your words. Let me have uh, Zach come up. There's power in your words. Proverbs 18, 21. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Now, we've, how many have ever heard that? Can I see your hand? You've at least heard it, okay. I'm glad for a lot of people that haven't. Or maybe your arm is broken, you can't move it. It's seven o'clock, you're like, man, I ain't moving right now. Okay, cool. So that's cool. And a lot of us stop there. But there's actually, look at the next part of the same verse. And those who love it eat its fruit. Here's what Solomon is saying, the writer of Proverbs. He's saying, you're eating your words. And according to the healthy people in this room, you'll tell me you are what you eat. Right? But, but we want to eat Krispy Kreme. We just don't want to wear it. <laughs> we want to eat it. We just don't want it to show up. We want to eat in and out, double, double, animal style. 
hold a lettuce, hold a tomato, add chopped chilies. We just don't want it. We don't want it to show up. But you are what you eat. Yeah, you are what you eat. It's like you look at Lisa and Clayton, they're all healthy. They eat rabbit food. But y'all look great. She's like, it's not rabbit food. I, you know, I went to a vegan restaurant this week. It was, a, it was an adventure. You want to know what I ate? I ate, I, ate, I ate a bowl of rice. I found the one thing with white sugar and I was like, give me a bowl of white rice. I don't know what any of this is. I tried. I tried. I, okay, okay, I'm coming over for dinner. Okay, sorry. Because she, because, because the power of life is in the tongue and you're eating your words and you are what you eat. So again, I don't live in fear of what I say. I don't live in, I, we don't live in fear, but we do live discipline. In the same way that you would, that you would have a disciplined diet, you should have disciplined words. Because your diet is affecting your body and your words are affecting your soul. And if you could think of your words as food, if you could just think that way, you might be a little more careful about the complaining or the, or the hatred or the, or the sarcasm or the, or the gossip or the teasing or the mean words. And you, and, you might be, and you might be more careful to give a compliment and give encouragement. You might be more careful to pray a prayer of faith for someone real quick, even though it's a little awkward, but hey, let's just pray right now because you're, ac you're actually eating those words as much as they are. Wow. Can, can you hear this? Can you feel this? So words are a vehicle for my faith. My faith is moving at the speed of my confession. And I want my faith to move at a Tesla X model speed. I want my, amen, I love those things. Those things are fire. But it's gonna take, that means it's gonna, I'm gonna have to be really careful. Um, let me say it like this. Your words are creating the theme of your life. Your words are creating the soundtrack of your life. Let me, let me try to explain this. Um, you're watching a movie and a girl's walking down the street. Give me something really happy, like really happy and fun. Turn him up, turn him up. Really happy and fun. Just nice. What do you do? You go, hey kids, gather around, Disney Plus. Right? Because the music just set the tone. Okay, flip it. atmosphere we're, we're setting the soundtrack okay we're gonna go scary in one second hey girl how's your how's your marriage doing oh well this has been terrible scary my husband's such a jerk he's just so mean I Be happy. 
Hey girl, how's your marriage going? You know what? God's working on me. <laughs> For years I blamed him, but maybe the Lord's actually doing something to me. Maybe I need to grow. I'm really, I'm really seeking the Holy Spirit, asking for a word. Scary, scary, scary. How's that new job? I don't know. I just hate all these jobs. I just can't get anywhere with this thing. This feel like it's a dead I just can't get Happy. How's that new job? You know, it's more challenging than I expected. But I feel like I'm really growing personally from it. I'm having to learn some new skills and I'm having to learn some new things. And I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm actually getting better from it. It's really, it's honestly the hardest job I've ever had, but it's actually the best thing for me. You know, right now, the hardest thing in my life is the best thing in my life. Orange Theory. That's our trainer, Keith, right here. Go to Centennial. It's the most painful thing in my life, but it's the best thing in my life. And what really matters in Orange Theory, in my opinion, is the coach and the soundtrack. I've, I've walked out of classes. No, you're, you're trying to burn calories and they're playing Nickelback. You're like, I'm out. I'm coming back. I can't do this. But you go to Keith and he's got, he's got secret Andy Minio playing. And you're like, oh, this is fire. You just start working out. Soundtrack matters. Think about this. Give me, give me scary. Give me scary. like to get saved today. <laughs> Happy. <laughs> the Lord loves you tonight. Yes, a plan for your life. And if anyone would like to come to Jesus, this is your moment. This is your opportunity. God's not mad at you. God's madly in love with you. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't give up. Don't quit now. God is for you and not against you. Just atmosphere. Soundtrack. Theme. You'll be seated. I I'm telling you, sound matters. God says, can you decree it? Can, can you create a playlist of new beginnings with your words? And I'll be honest, ladies, this is a lot easier for you. You're more, a little more in tune with the spirit, more open. You know, you'll hop on Instagram tonight. You know, I just believe God's doing a new thing. Oh, I just needed that word. Make sure to follow my pastor at Javen Chavez. He's so anointed. I love it. You girls encourage me. Uh, guys don't do that, right? <sighs> but 
the link in my bio, go to my YouTube, watch the sermon. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's awesome. And you'll just start declaring it. God, you're doing a new thing. You're amazing. Guys, we're, we're awkward about this. We don't like to talk. Everything's weird for us, right? So we don't know how to declare God's, you know, we're like, I'm mad, I don't talk. You know, we just, me no English. But you actually have to learn. Fellas, you gotta learn. And at first it's so awkward. Jax, you gotta, you gotta get in your car tomorrow. Find, find you a little worship playlist. We've got worship playlists that we offer for free on Spotify and Apple Music, all that stuff. And you get some worship going. And as you're driving to work, you just start, even just right under your breath, you just say, Lord, I just thank you. You're doing a new thing in my life. Lord, I don't know what it all looks like, but I declare it. I decree it. I believe it's established. Lord, I believe you're doing new things and old things. I believe you're doing a new thing. Lord, I'm looking for it. I'm, I'm, I'm believing for it. And you just start saying it. And all of a sudden, it starts to happen. God says, I'm doing it. Can you, can you come into agreement with what I'm saying? sudden you begin to see what you say and you begin to eat your own words but it's fruit and it's life and it's health to you because you're being really careful about what you say amen forget the former things behold I'm doing a new thing see it perceive it Believe it, receive it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.